Wow. How many of you believe that tonight? By the time we leave here tonight, you're going to know that dead places are going to come back to life. They're getting ready to come back to life. It's so awesome. Can we give it up for our worship team? (laughs) Y'all are amazing. Uh, Amazing. Hey, sisterhood. Hey, Flourish. How's it going? You guys can have a seat. Oh, thank you, Tim. That's right. Yeah, you you knew I was going to want that little guy, didn't you? You knew that, you, that I needed that. I needed it. Hey, um, I'm, I'm Harriet Blevins, and I'm so excited that you're at Flourish tonight. Look what a beautiful, beautiful gathering of women we are. And it is no insignificant thing that all of us are gathered together. Isn't it amazing? So um, I was thinking about today being St. Patrick's Day. And um, I just want to tell you a little bit about St. Patrick. And then I want us to pray the prayer that he prayed. Um, you know, he founded the, uh, the nation of Ireland, right? When he got there, it was almost entirely pagan and savage. It was a very hard place. And by the time he left there, it was nearly 100% Christian. Isn't that amazing? Did you know that about him? It's an, amazing, it's an amazing thing. And so I want to read this to you. This is known as the Larica or the breastplate. And he wrote this prayer or this hymn to gird himself with as he was confronted by the pagan high king of the Druids during a dark time in Ireland's history. And he says, I bind me today. God's might to direct me. God's power to protect me, God's wisdom for learning, God's eye for discerning, God's ear for my hearing, God's word for my clearing, God's hand for my cover, God's path to pass over, God's buckler to guard me, God's army to ward me against snares of the devil, against vices, temptation, against wrong inclination, against men who plot evil, a near or afar, with many or few, Christ near, Christ here, Christ be with me, Christ beneath me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ be o'er me, Christ before me, Christ on the right, Christ on the left, Christ hither and thither, Christ in the sight of each eye that shall seek me, in each ear that shall hear, in each mouth that shall speak me, Christ not the less, in each heart I address. I bind me today on the triune I call with faith in the Trinity, unity, God over all. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. And I didn't know if, if a lot of us knew the significance of St. Patrick's. That's just an amazing thing. So I want to just take a moment and I want to thank our sponsors. I'm sorry. Can we give a, a hand to our tech team? Because they, they crush it all the time. John Kimbrough and company. That's right. Um, I would love to see the um, the the graphic that has the sponsors on it, the corporate sponsors. I just wanna take a moment and just recognize these people. Um, Chick-fil-A, Oleander, I'm gonna go through. These are people you go to church with. So that's the Purdue's, Mike and Lisa Purdue. North State Acceptances, Jim and Tammy Ratcliffe. I saw Tammy come in. Coldwell Banker, Seacoast Realty is Shane and Christy Register. The TG Pool and Landscaping is Polly and Fernando Almeida and Brown Dog Coffee Company, yes. All of our corporate sponsors who I love so much. And then how many of you have been listening to our podcast? It's called the Sisterhood and, the the symbol for and, co-podcast. You can pull that up and you can listen to everything concerning Sisterhood Free right on your podcast app. And I want to thank the guys at Signal Fire Media for producing that. I know Jana's here tonight, wave at us. Yes, you guys do a beautiful job at that. It is a truly a professionally produced podcast. And y'all, it's so much more than I could have done in my bedroom. It's just so much more. It's just so much beyond all of that. And I want to um, thank little Bailey because she goes with me every single time. So I don't feel so afraid. And I really want to thank Brown Dog Coffee. I'm going to tell you, Michelle, you, you, you keep us going. 
And I saw a meme this week, and I want y'all to take, this is something you can take home. If you don't take nothing else home. When life gives you lemons, throw them back and say, I am so sorry, I ordered an espresso. Isn't that awesome? I just thought that was so great. I love it so much. So welcome to Flourish 2023. Um, I hope that you already, from the time you pulled into the parking lot, feel so welcome. I hope that you feel um, that there has been a space intentionally created for you with you in mind. And this beautiful team, I think, has executed a stunning, stunning weekend for all of us. And right now, if you will just bear with me, I'm going to introduce my team and Tim if you will bring some gifts. I think you're coming with the gifts. I think you are. Yes. So I'm, on, I'm just going to start right here. Here's my Pookie. Y'all, I call her Pookie because she's my niece. This is my brother's daughter, Casey, who is a, a minister in her own right. Thank you for all that you have done. Tomorrow morning at breakfast, you're going to see what I'm saying. That's right. The next one is Andrea Quinn. We call her, oh no, but I love you so much and I thank you so much. She is, has done, she has helped Casey. Y'all, they've done all this food. It's a lot to feed 200 people food. I'm just gonna tell you, it just takes a lot of, a lot. Jen Griffin, my precious little Jen Griffin. One of our, she's one of our market vendors too at Remnant, but thank you for everything you always do to bring beauty and excellence. It's amazing. We have our beautiful Jessica Smith. She, um, you know, listen, y'all, if you need um, ministry or counseling, she's at Launchpad Wellness and she, can, she fixes all of us. So it's so good. She has been such a blessing to this team. Thank you for lending all that you do, teaching all the things that you guys do. All right, Gina girl. Yes, you're next, you're next. This is Gina Limber. Uh, y'all, y'all can call her pastor. That's right, yes. I'm, I'm gonna get to her a little bit in a little bit more in just a minute. And this right here is my, my Shelly. That's right. Michelle Hilliard, the owner, I love you. And I thank you. Michelle is the one that always says to us, we need to pray more. You know, she's the one that keeps us all praying more. It's just amazing. And my beautiful Nicole, Nicole Roberts. I love you so much. Nicole has been with me for 10 years every sisterhood, morning and night. And that is something, y'all, for a decade. Thank you, Nicole, for helping me. So good. Um, I have two special people. Um, I want to recognize my daughter, Bailey. You can put that camera down for just a minute. I want you to come up here. That's okay. We don't care if you don't have shoes on. Her feet are hurting, y'all. My feet are kind of hurting too, so pray, because Helen told me to put my house shoes on earlier and I didn't. So they're hurting now, Helen, you're right. Okay, I know, you're right. Okay, let me see if this is the right one. No, this is Gina's. Okay, this is for you. And I want to tell y'all what she has done behind the scenes. For months and months and months, she has been creating everything visually you see. And I mean everything that you see. And it has taken hours and hours and hours. And I wanted to publicly thank you. You bless my life, my sweet daughter. She blesses my life. Thank you, sweetie. And Gina, girl, woo! And Gina Limbert, come on, girl. There is, I don't have enough words for Gina, this situation with Gina. It's just a lot, it's just a lot. It's just, I, you know, I call her the architect of Flourish. She is so much more, because y'all, I'm gonna tell you, a lot of y'all see me and you think, wow, she is, she is fierce. She is so strong, literally, it is the, all these people, but it is Gina behind me going, don't you stop, don't you, you get up and go. You get, I mean, she puts, she puts power inside of me and I love her so much. And she orchestrates these beautiful events, this particular one for months, she prepares and plans so that each time that you all, when you walk through the door and get to your seat, that you feel special and that you've been thought of and that's all her. So thank you so much. I love you so much. Oh yes, I thank you all for letting me do all that. Give them all a hand. That's right. So good. Okay, so as I prayed about this year's message, um, I felt like the Lord led me 
to a passage and it's in Psalm 92. So if you have something to write with or your Bibles, it will be on the, the um, screens. And it says, the righteous man or woman will flourish like the palm tree. Now we know what palm trees look like, right? We know what those look like. He or she will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. I have never been to Lebanon, praise the Lord. But I can only imagine that those cedars are enormous, right? We can only imagine that. And then it says this, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. That is a beautiful psalm. It is actually called a song for the Sabbath, written by the psalmist. And even the name of it, the song for the Sabbath, makes us feel refreshed, doesn't it? When you read those words. So right now I wanna stop and I wanna pray. So Lord, I thank you so much for this amazing moment in time. This moment, God, that you have carved out with each of these women from the very front to the very back to the tippy-tippy parts of each of this, this room. Each woman, you know her intimately. You know the things she carried in here. You know the things, God, that she is crying out to you in her life for flourishing, that she needs to see a change in God. And so, Lord, tonight we ask that heaven would be pleased with our gathering we pray for the anointing to be here. I pray that the anointing would rest on my words, on the word as we open the word up and read it. God, I pray that you would have your way here tonight in all of our hearts. We collectively say yes and amen. Let heaven come tonight. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Now in sisterhood, we like to talk about um, something in theology called the law of first mention. And so we know from the Garden of Eden, back in the book of Genesis, which is the very first book in your Bible, we know that from there, God basically called all of us to be gardeners. And if you don't believe me, just look back at it, go, go read it for yourself and go, that is really what he was calling all of us to do. We went through that at length in sisterhood this year, to tend it to cultivate it, right? To exercise dominion over the earth that he created. And that's where we all have to live, right? We live, move, and have our being here on the earth. God wants us to tend it. He wants us to cultivate it. He wants us to have dominion over it. Now, I feel like every single year that I end up talking about agriculture, and you know, I was in the E building at my high school. You know, that's where the, that's where the horticulture, that's where the guys were, the future farmers of America, right? That's where they were. And I, you know, I wasn't there. I was over in the B building or the A building. But, you know, I feel like I always end up talking about agriculture. Remember, if you were here last year, give me a clap if you remember the olive trees. Yeah, so we talked about that. But the truth is, that a plot of land that is not tended is basically just called a forest, right? Now, it yields trees. There are some things there. It has lots of compost on the, on the forest floor, lots of leaves and dead stuff. Things fall there. It just kind of gets, you know, it has lots and lots of nutrients for sure. But it, it, it yields trees. But that is not the same as being cultivated under human hands into a garden. It's something totally different, right? Because in order for that to happen, some energy and intention has to be put there. See, gardens are the thing of sustenance for our life, right? That's what grows food so you and I can eat. Now, some trees do grow food and things that we can partake in. But how many of you know you couldn't just live off the produce of trees all the time? You've got to have something that's been tended and cultivated. Yes, that's how it is. So, I also believe that as women, I believe that we too have been called to not just create, I would say not, not create, but carry, birth, and cultivate life. Would you agree with me? As women, life is like a seed. And you can think of like a little seed that you would put into a gra the ground, that is, that is just a, a waiting life right there, just like a baby in her mother's womb or his mother's womb. 
That is a life there. See, women tend to take anything that's given to us and we increase it, right? If you give us a house, we're gonna give you a home. If you give us some groceries, we're gonna give you a meal. If you give us some sperm, we're gonna give you a baby. Right? Life. Anything you give us, we're gonna take it, we're going to multiply and increase it and give you back something better. That's who women are. Give yourselves a hand. That's who you are. It really is. See, a gardener takes a single seed or a bulb, puts it down into the ground, waters it, tends it, and then the seed knows what to do. You don't have to go back and manage it. You know, did you check in and check out? Did you sprout your little head at the right? It knows what to do. And in due season, right? In due season, that seed or that bulb will spring to life and produce. It absolutely will. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing thing. Is that not, am I right, Gretchen? Am I right, Willow? The two gardeners in here. I know, I know. Some of the rest of y'all may be gardeners too, but they garden big time. So I love it so much. You don't have to tell a seed what to do. It knows exactly what to do. So I want us to stay with our opening verse. And I want to land especially on the word house. Now, I know you may be thinking, Harriet, you know, how, what in the world does the word house and a garden of flourishing have to do with anything? And I want you to just stay with me. I'm going to read the verse to you again. I'm backing up, guys. You can or you don't have to put it. There you go. Look at that. Psalm 92. The righteous man or woman will flourish like the palm tree. He or she will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house, there's our word, of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. So it states that we will flourish if we are in the right environment. Yes, amen. If we, you and I put ourselves in the right environment, you're gonna look around and see a life that is flourishing. The right environment makes all the difference in our lives. Now, I want to introduce you to a term that I have come to learn. And the term is called, it's the title of my message, Super Bloom. Super Bloom. Now, how many of you have ever been to a place called Death Valley, California? By a show of hands, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay, it's really good. About a tenth of us in here. That's pretty awesome. I mean, you know, I don't like the name of it, so that's probably why I've never been. I've I've never been there. It's just I don't know. It borders. It's a it's a valley that borders California and Nevada, and some resources that I could find say that it is the hottest place on earth. It's dry, it's dead, and the heat, many would say, is actually deadly, the heat, hence the name Death Valley. And there are certain times of the year in the summer where the park rangers will close the park and they don't let you go in there. Because how many of you know, at some point in time, there was some little adventurers, right? If I got any adventurers that were like, we're gonna go out into Death Valley and it's, you know, 130 degrees out there and they never came back, right? So the park rangers were like, we're, we're not doing that anymore. So we're gonna close it in the summer and we're not letting people go out there because they die out there, right? I loved our song that we sang tonight, Death is Never Gonna Hold Me because it didn't hold you, Right? I love that song. I didn't even know we were singing that song. I was like, yes, I love it. Because here in this seemingly dead environment of Death Valley, California, in the summer, we see one of nature's greatest phenomenons. It's an amazing thing called a super bloom. And about once a decade, so just think about that, about every 10 years, when the right amount of rain, not too much, not too little, when the right amount of rain comes in the fall and the winter, the conditions are perfect for the desert to burst into a garden of flowers. I mean, tons of flowers. I mean, miles and acres of flowers. I want them to put the picture up. This is one picture. That's a super bloom. And normally in everyday life, there's nothing there but the desert floor. Isn't that amazing? 
That is just amazing to me. People come from all over the world to see it, right? Because it's life springing up where there was none before. There was nothing there that gave any inclination that that's what was planted. Nothing. On the surface, everything was dead, dry, deadly heat, nothing but sandy conditions. Nothing that that would look like that that was even possible. Like, it's amazing. They say it is absolutely shocking to the senses for people that see it. So how does this flourishing just pop up seemingly out of nowhere? How does that happen? And I will tell you, it's because the environment is just right. So we're gonna talk about your environment tonight. We're gonna talk about the environment. Now, notice that I said, I didn't say that when it rained, it bloomed, right? I, I did not say that. I, 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 there, there's a space in between. How many of y'all know that? There's always a space in between. And that space in between was time, right? So there was rain, there was time, and then there was a super bloom. Isn't that something? Now I want you to think about your life. The rain, the time when it seems like Nothing's happening. And then life, a super bloom can come. It's amazing. Have you ever felt dead? You ever felt dry? Have you ever felt like, what even is my life and why am I here? Has anybody ever had those feelings? I have had those feelings. Like, what am I actually doing? Like you look around your life and you may see in some seasons this vast wasteland of like nothingness. You just cannot see what God is doing. It just looks like death. It just looks dead and dry like the desert floor. You know, life has seasons, right? We talk about this a lot in sisterhood. There's even a whole series on seasons in sisterhood that you can go back and look at. And some, some seasons in our life, you know, we kind of all know them. You know, we, we grow up, we go to high school, we go to college. Sometimes we get married. We may or may not have children. And then we, you know, may, may uh, start or open a business. We may go from being a home renter to a home owner, right? And then, you know, you raise young children. If you have children in this busy world, right? I know. God bless all y'all young mamas that are here tonight. God bless all of y'all because I know it's a lot. And then we empty nest. And this is something that's supposed to be called the golden years. I'm, I'm going to keep y'all posted on that. But you know, they didn't call them the golden girls for nothing. Y'all know that's why they called them the golden girls because that was their golden years, right? And they were the age that I am now. When I read that, I was like, oh, Betty White was my age when she made the Golden Girls. That was shocking to my senses, to be honest with you. But, you know, all these seasons in our lives as women, they have these ups and they have these downs. And, you know, prayerfully, they have more ups and downs. But there are still these seasons that come and there's nothing that we can do about it. It just happens because we live in an ever-changing life and world. Nothing stays static. Nothing stays the same. Now, I'm gonna make a shameless plug right here for sisterhood. If you are not part of sisterhood, I wanna invite you this Tuesday. We have a new series called A Beautiful Life that is kicking off for the spring semester. And we meet at 10 in the morning and seven in the evening. There's something for everyone. You will absolutely love it, I promise. We have a beautiful series talking about different women in the Bible that you may have never heard of. And it's gonna be a great one. But okay. I said we're going to talk about seasons, right? Whereas we're going to talk about all their seasons in their life. So I, I digress. But like I said, our lives have seasons. Some seasons are harder. Some seasons we feel like we're barely making it. Uh, we really would not in that season call ourselves flourishing, right? Just nod at me if you know what I'm saying. Yep, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So you may have even heard the title of this conference this week and thought, well, good for them. I'm glad somebody's flourishing, <laughs> right? Have you ever felt that way when you were just in a bad place and you're like, way to go, way to go, y'all. I'm so glad, you I'm so happy for you that y'all are flourishing. 
But the seasons come to all of us. There's not one thing we can do about it. They come to all of us. But then God does something incredible. He does something phenomenal in this crazy dry season. And when we're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, he brings rain. He brings rain. Now, notice I didn't say he brings a storm. He brings rain. See, when the hurricanes come to southeastern North Carolina, we don't say it's about to rain. Right? We're like, batten down the hatches, get your porch furniture settled, because we're getting ready to have a storm. That's what we call it, right? We don't say it's going to rain. We say we're getting ready to have a storm. That's what we actually call it. There's a big difference in those two. But see, rain refreshes everything that is dry and thirsty. Rain refreshes it. Rain rejuvenates the earth. Rain has a cleansing quality about it. Have you ever seen the air heavy with pollen? What is, I know, I'm just like, I don't even understand. That's gonna be a question in heaven that I have one day. But one day I was walking in the neighborhood and I was like, what is that? And I was looking out ahead of me and I was like, that's a pollen cloud and it was yellow and it was just floating in front of me. I was like, wow, I've never seen that before. But you know, my eyes are watering, my nose is, how many, y'all, y'all been carrying your Kleenexes around, right? Cause it's like, a, you can't help it. I mean, it's just a thing, you know, it's like, it's just pollen is everywhere. But then when the rain comes, it cleans it up. It cleans it up and the air becomes crystal clear because the pollen is washed away. And it's clean. See, rain refreshes all of those places that are dry desert places in mine and your life. The rain comes and it's awesome. So Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19 says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. That is present tense. I am doing a new thing. And now, now, right now, it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Only God can bring a stream or rain to mine in your desert. Nobody else can do that for you. Nobody. Only he can actually do that. So even when it seems like it's 134 degrees, they think that that's the hottest temperature that they've ever measured in Death Valley, um, in, in that place. God can bring a super bloom and cause things to spring to life. That is wild to me. That is wild. So I want to take the rest of tonight and I want to talk to you about this word that I introduced to you, house. I wanna talk to you about that from our opening passage. Now, I don't think that this particular scripture, the first one I opened with, I don't think that this means that only God's house is flourishing. Because how many of you know God cares about you individually and me? Y'all, he cares about us when we go home. I mean, he cares about us in here, but he cares about us when we go home. So this doesn't just mean that. It doesn't just mean that you're just gonna flourish when you're at church, right? That's not what this passage means here. So the word of God gives us three examples of houses. You ready to write? Here comes your notes. The first one is your body. Say, oh me or oh my. Yeah. The second one is your physical home or dwelling. And the third one is your church, our church. So we're going to look at these three tonight. And we are going to see where you and I may need to redirect some things in order to get the environment in our own life, in these three areas, in our houses, conducive to a super bloom. That's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to take a look at this and we're going to go, how is that environment looking in my life? Well, how many of you know that God wants you to super bloom in your physical body? He does not want you and me just barely getting by. He wants us to have a super bloom there. How many of you know in your houses where you live, God wants you to have a super bloom? How many of you know God wants our church or your church, wherever you go, to super bloom? Yes, we know that. And sometimes it's easier for us to believe it about the church than it is the other two, but we're gonna get to that. So here's our first one. The first one is our bodies, your body, the body. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, 
Do you not know that your bodies are temples or houses of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. I am not my own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor, say honor, honor God with your body. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? It's like most of us are like, oh, especially in America, you know, like, uh-oh, uh-oh. And I used to read this and I'd think, gosh, I need to stop eating double stuffed Oreos and Diet Coke. <laughs> That's what I thought. Because they can tell you, I can't just have one, I gotta have the row. <laughs> one time somebody gave a bag to Gina as a gift and I ate the whole thing. I was like, Gina, I'm so sorry. I got to go to the Walgreens and get you some more double stuffed Oreos. I don't even know, but whew. So it's a good, let me tell you this. It's a good idea to stop eating Oreos and drinking Diet Coke. It, that is a good idea. I'm going to say that, but that's not what this passage is saying. Okay, that's not what it's saying. It says, do you know, that translates into, you better listen up. You better learn this. I got something to teach you. you when he says, do you know? Do you not know? You need to know. That's how that translates. That's what that means. You need to know this. Your body is a Greek word and it means soma. Now, how many of y'all buy your underwear and your pajamas up at soma at the Mayfair? I know. Yes, I understand that. But that really isn't what it means. Soma, the Greek word soma means the vessel which holds the spiritual part of you and me. That's what your body is. Your soma is the vessel. See, we're just like this earth suit walking around, right? And it matters how we treat it. It really, really matters big time. So the reason that we shouldn't eat Oreos and drink Diet Coke all day really isn't about their sugar content. It's because it's not helpful to housing the spiritual part of you and I. It's just not helpful. Bad food makes us sick. That's not a big newsflash to anybody in here, right? That is not a newsflash. We all know that. We know you can't eat junk and get sick and then think, oh, I have no idea. I have no idea why I'm not feeling good. We know that, right? We, we understand that whole thing, how that works. And when our bodies do get sick, and let me tell you, our bodies get sick for a plethora of reasons, not just because we're eating, you know, Diet Coke and Oreos, a plethora of reasons. But when that happens we have a physically more difficult time actually doing what God has called us to do. How many of you have ever been sick and you really, I mean, it's like, right? You're like, I'm gonna have to pull off the exit because I cannot keep going right here because I don't feel good. So that's happened to me before. That has happened to me and that's my point. So a few years ago, I had a sidebar with my family. Have y'all ever done that? A family meeting? Have you ever, have you ever done that? And um, I told them that I was going to be managing, that's the word I used, my days differently. So I'm, I'm gonna say this to some of y'all. Some of y'all need to hear me tonight. And you may, you, you're probably thinking this isn't real spiritual. This isn't real deep into the pool stuff. But I'm gonna tell you, if you'll get a hold of what I'm saying tonight, it'll change your life. And this time next year, your life will have a super bloom in your body. I had a sidebar with my family and I told them, I'm going to begin spending a portion of my mornings exercising and taking care of my temple. That's what I told them. And I told them in order for me to have the energy that I need to be a mom, to be a wife, to be a minister and now a grandmother. Where is she? That's little Haven May. Isn't she so cute? Oh, she's so cute. But I knew if I was gonna do what I was called to do in all these places God had called me to, I knew that I had to get some discipline in my life and there was gonna be no shortcutting it. Do y'all know what I mean? Yeah, shake, shake your head if you know what I mean. So there was gonna be some time required. I was serious about it. And I was going to need to insert some discipline where I never had before, right? That's what I had to do. And now when they call me early in the mornings, and they rarely do because they all kind of know, they know if I don't answer, they know why. And I know usually if they're calling me, I know that they, they need me for some reason and they, or they wouldn't do it. And y'all know what? I was right, 
I was right when I did this. I was right, because I can tell you, adding that time has completely giving, given me the energy that I was lacking. How many of y'all hate to be tired? I hate to be tired. I absolutely hate. Now, I understand there's a tired of being at the end of a long day's good work, right? A productive tired, right? There's that kind of tired. I hate dragging myself through every day and just feeling exhausted and going from one, you know, caffeine and chocolate to the next. I hate that feeling. I absolutely hate it. And I was dragged. That's what I was doing. So now my soma, my body can house my spirit woman much better. My body works for me, not the other way around, right? We don't need our bodies bossing us around. We're the boss of them, right? That's what it should be. But you know what? It's like my car. If I don't treat my car right and put the right gasoline in it and get the oil changed, my car is not going to run. It's going to go so far and then I'm going to have to pull off an exit and I'm going to be like, okay, now maybe when the car's young, <laughs> goes further, doesn't it? Yeah, when that car gets a little bit of age on it, it's like, no, girl. No, we're, we're not doing it anymore. Okay, y'all get, get my point about number one, the first house. Okay, we're moving on number two, our homes and our dwellings. Our homes and our dwellings. To me, home is the most beautiful word in the English language. I love it. It represents to me all that is good and right in the world it is synonymous to me with family, and I love it so much. But I will tell you, lest you think that my life is perfect, that that has not always been the case. That has not always been my story. Growing up, it didn't seem like I had a home. I did have a home, but it was more like a shelter. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It was a house, a structure, but it was not a home. Um, there's a big difference in that too. For those of you who know what I'm saying, I saw glimpses of God. I saw glimpses of God uh, daily as my mother sat and read her daily Bible readings and journaled, and she was an avid Bible reader. Um, every Sunday we went to church, right? There was, that was going to happen every single time, but most of the other times in between, I couldn't find God in that place. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. So, my mother married my stepfather when I was about 10 years old, and we moved from my grandmother's house in town to my stepfather's home that he built in the country. Now, I met Miss Linda tonight. Where is Miss Linda? She is John Kimbrough's mom, and yes, and she knows exactly where I'm talking about on Balsam Mountain in Waynesville, and that is where we moved. We moved to the country. We moved to Balsam Mountain, and, but from that point on, that home was always called in our family Bob's House. It was always Bob's house. So when I was in junior high, and I know some of y'all were a lot cooler, and y'all got to go to middle school, but you know, we didn't get to go to, y'all got middle school and you got Starbucks. We had junior high and the Shoney's, right? You know, we had the big boy. We were like, I'm going, I'm going to Shoney's. What are you doing? I mean, you know, now y'all are walking around with your Starbucks cups. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just a lot. I'm like, okay, we didn't have any of that. But when I was in middle school or junior high school, I began going to Tim's house. And with most of our schoolmates, most of our friends went there after school to hang out. And he had all the cool toys. Did y'all have those people in your school? In our school, Tim was the guy. He had all the cool toys. He had the horses. He had the state-of-the-art barn with the sound system, the telephone, the, you know, it was amazing. He had the very first computer in our entire town and all the video games like Pong, Pac-Man, right, Kong, all of it. He had all of that. But this is what I remember most about Tim's house was how I felt when I first walked through the door. It was a home. It was a home. It wasn't just a house. Because a home is more than a house. Would you agree? There was always food, there was always fresh cut flowers. His mom was always there present somewhere, making everyone feel special, feel seen, feel welcome. Tonight, I want you to ask yourself, what does my home feel like? 
What does my home feel like to me? What does my home feel like to others who visit there or even live there? See, if we want our homes to have a super bloom, then inside those walls, we have to cultivate and create the right environment. Would you agree? Yes. We have to push back clutter, right? We have to push back disorder. How many of you know God is a God of order? We feel crazy in disorder because we weren't created to live in it. Anger. Is anger a frequent thing in your home? Hostility, rudeness. Sometimes people, sometimes Christians are more rude to the people who live inside their house than they would ever be to one another. So we have to create a space in our homes for the rain to come so that the right environment is there so that we create a super bloom in our personal lives. See, your home is an extension of you. That's why practices that seem so mundane, like cleaning or rearranging furniture or seasonal decorating or I don't even know, getting rid of clutter. That's why all that stuff matters. We always think it's these, you know, that that's just like a thing that we just all have to do because we're the women, right? But that's not true. It all can have this profound impact on your mind, your will, your emotions, and your spirit and your physical body. It can actually have a, an impact on all of you. The whole of you is pretty powerful. And notice everything I said is all in the details. It costs zero. It only takes time and intention and a heart of love, not only for yourself, but for those who live there and come through your doors. It's really important. Go the extra step and see what happens. You know, we have a very, how many of you would say we have a very broken world? Um, the home, we have seen in the last two years, the attack that has come against our homes. The family, the nuclear family, I mean, right? See, I think home and family is the medication. The whole world wants, want, they want a drug for something. Give me a pharmaceutical drug. Please write me a prescription. Home and family is the medication the whole world is waiting on. It totally is. Now, it's not maybe the most fun thing to hear, right? Especially if you feel like you've got some redirection and some cleaning up in this particular one to do. But let me tell you something, it will yield dividends if you will start tomorrow morning when you wake up. This time next year, it won't even feel the same to you. I promise you. Because I grew up in one thing and my life today looks totally different from that. Because I watched and I learned from somebody else. And it just, it's amazing how God just adds to it. Okay, number three, our third house, we're almost there, is the church. Church. Now, a few months ago, our staff was gathered to worship and pray together. We do that from time to time, about once a month. And Tim had a prophetic word for this house, for Life Church. So if you go to a different church, latch on to this word if you need it. Here's what he said. He said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Yes. Woohoo! That is awesome. I love it so much. How many of you know that church life can feel dead and dry at times? I mean, when you're in a portable situation like we are there, or just sometimes we're like, whoo, we, we are going, here we go through, we're going through Wilmington with the tabernacle on our back, right? That's what it kind of feels like sometimes. It can feel, it, it can, it can really feel that way. Sometimes it's just a season that God is leading us through. Just like what the desert looks like sometimes when it's dry, it's dead, hot, all the things. See, sometimes it's not all banners, processionals, right, healing services, you know, all this. Sometimes it's just you and me showing up, being faithful, serving somebody else, and being willing to grow just a little bit at a time, just a little bit at a time. Sometimes that's what it looks like. And I believe that God wants us to flourish in the house of the Lord. His word, we've read it three times tonight. He wants us to flourish. We're not trying to do something he doesn't want for us. He actually wants this for us. But now that means that you and I have to be here to do so. 
Good times. That's good times right there, isn't it? See, that's another piece of responsibility that you and I have to pick up. The responsibility is ours. We have to do that. We have to pull a seat up at the table and partake in whatever it is. Um, It's, you know, sometimes the table is set for meat and potatoes. Sometimes it's dessert. But you and I have to just trust when we go to the house on Sunday morning that God has exactly what we need for that day. Right? It may not be what you think that you need. Because how many of you know God knows better? He knows what we need. He knows that. So we have to make it a priority. He will have the table set if we will pull a seat up and partake. Now, church is a very interesting concept because it was not man's concept. It was God's concept. And how many of you know, everything I just told you, everything God makes is under massive attack from the culture, right? So I just talked about, right, the home and family, right? We we can see that everywhere. But how many of you know the church is under attack, right? splits, divisions, uh, falling away, leaders falling and getting into all kinds of stuff, right? When God created the church, that word, that Greek word is the ecclesia. And it means the gathered ones like we are tonight. We are the ecclesia, the gathered body of believers. And that was God's concept, not ours. However, it takes you and I being intentional about God's house to make it a priority. So what does that mean? That means during the week, you're going to have to get your Sunday stuff done Monday through Saturday so that you have some free time. Y'all, and let me tell you, it's an hour and a half right? It's like a little more than one twenty-fourth of your day on Sunday. So it's an hour and a half. So, uh, you know, we're not asking you for a kidney. You know, we're just saying that you need to carve out some time for your Sunday attendance. That's all that I'm saying. If you want a super bloom in your spiritual life, you can absolutely bet that it is going to start and begin with the priority you place on the local house. See, the big concept of church, I just love, I love all the church. I just, oh, I love the church. But, but you, never, you never come to church or if you never lay your hand, I wanna tell y'all something. Y'all better not be here this weekend and not come on Sunday morning because I'm preaching Sunday morning. I expect every one of y'all to be here. I expect every one of you to be here. Because you know, that's what happens. We go to the conference on the weekend, we get filled up and then we're like, I'm good to go. I don't need church. I already had church. I've done church all weekend right? That's what we do. But let me tell you something. God wants us to honor his house. And when we do, we will flourish in the house of God. We love to say here, and I'm about to wrap this whole shindig up. We love to say that God's plan A for reaching humanity is the local church. And we truly believe it. If you think that you can find a biblical example of something different, you can show it to me afterwards. But I'm telling you, we've looked and dug and studied and it is God's rescue plan for the world is the church. And see, all three houses have to be in alignment. They're all three important. One is not more important than the other because how many of you know, if you stay sick all the time, you can't come to church. How many of you know when your house is crazy, and all that is crazy. You can't get better or go to church, right? Yes. So it all, the three houses all really, really matter because what happens is when that all comes into alignment at the right time, super bloom can happen. A super bloom. And let me tell you something. When a super bloom takes place in your life, everybody in your life will see it. Everyone watching your Christian life will see it. They will say, that, that place was lacking this time last year and something has happened from that time last year till this time this year. And when that does, you have an opportunity as an inspiration to someone else to tell them about the three houses and to tell them that if they will redirect their lives, if they will put some priorities and responsibilities in place, they too can have a super bloom in all of these areas of their life. 
But I can promise you, when you start putting this into practice, the other people, and let me tell you, all of us have people watching our lives, right? Make sure they get the good part, right? Make sure they get the good part. I love it so much. And you know, who knows? You may be the inspiration someone needs to completely, totally change their life. I love it. And then when they ask you, you can say, I want to show you how I cultivated the right environment in my life so that a super bloom occurred and it can happen to you too. Because how many of you know death was never going to hold him? Death was never going to hold him. Jesus coming out of the grave is like that picture of that super bloom. Death was never going to hold him. So tonight, we have carved out a few moments right here. I'm going to ask you to get your pen and your paper ready. If you don't have one, in your swag bag is a little journal. You can use that during this time. But we're going to have a time of simple yet profound reflection some people might call it meditation, but it's, it's going to be a time of us reflecting. And this is what I want you to think about in this time. I want you to think about what would my life look like in the event of a super bloom? What would my body look like in the event of a super bloom? What would my home and my dwelling look like in the event of a super bloom? And then what would the church look like in the event of a super bloom? What would that even feel like? And I want you to take a few moments and put some thoughts and words to that. And we're just gonna play some music. We've carved out this space almost as a luxury to you tonight to just take a few moments and just write down a few thoughts. And then I'm gonna come back up after our time of reflection and I will close us out for the evening.